everybody, welcome back to the Millennials and their Moms for God. We have some fans now. We do have a couple fans now. That's I, very cool. I think a couple is about accurate. I think yeah. we have two fans. Well, I mean, we love y'all. And uh, for those of y'all that didn't think we'd make it to week two, screw y'all, but we're here. Yeah, we, we made it. And, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, we actually are continuing this uh, podcast. And we have our first guest. <laughs> it's uh, my uh, oldest childhood friend, Sean James. Say hello, Sean. How's it going, guys? It's good to be here. Yeah, and uh, Sean's... Uh, Sean's willing to be the first guest on our uh, on our podcast, and uh, tell us a little about yourself, man. What you got going on? Not too much at the moment. <laughs> no, he's uh, you. He, I've known Sean a long time since kindergarten, and he's always been the tallest guy, and I've always been the shortest guy. And uh, I think it was the, an instant bond. Yes, right away. It uh, prevented me from getting bullied for being uh, too short because he would beat him up, and then uh, they would uh, bully him for being too tall, I guess. No, I mean, uh, do people, I guess it's more of an annoyance thing. I don't think they really bully you. I think it's more like, what, what, what do they typically ask you? Like, you're, no, they first tell you, you're so tall. Yes. And then... Uh, and then they ask how tall I am, which is a very poor follow-up. <laughs> and and it's so it's not, it, normally, it normally goes, how tall are you? 6'9". I have a friend who's 6'2". <laughs> cool. <Great. laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what to say to that. And so the, the conversation normally dies after that. <laughs> there, uh, did, did you know him, though? That, that other tall guy? No, we don't all know. (laughs) There's not a secret club. There's not. Um, But uh, yeah, so uh, I'll answer some of the questions that you may be thinking to yourself already. Sean uh, did play basketball. Uh, He's still, uh, he's still, basketball is still an important part of his life. Um, And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that, man. I mean, I played, I played in high school, I played in college, and uh, I currently coach. I spent this last year at a little Christian school in the Dallas area. And, you know, you want to tell us it. about uh, your experience? Was it positive, negative? Uh, <laughs> something mean, that's it was, safe. <laughs> it was definitely a learning experience for sure. You know, you learn what to do, you learn what to do, and then you you make adjustments and you go forward. So hopefully, I make those adjustments and keep Are, going. Wow. Is there like, like a LeBron after he won the championship? Yeah. No. <laughs> What's your plan next? You know, well, He's, we just keep moving forward. Uh, hopefully, next year we come back, play good defense. What's yeah, up, if uh, anyone actually starts <laughs> listening to this, I'll get in a ton of trouble. So. Oh really? <laughs> I thought it was, we're gonna keep it PG for the family. I think you literally said like execution. We need to do better. I think I think that's like the perfect coach answer. So I think if any, anybody's looking for a job, if anybody bases their coaching decisions on a at a university level or professional level based on a podcast in a person's garage or their mom's garage, they don't even own it. Um, great, you know. <laughs> I do think whatever it takes. Um, so would you say there's a big difference between like, uh, like let's say university level and like professional level, like in terms of coaching, like where you are mentally, you think I there's mean, a big difference? I mean, coaching at, at the college level is you spend maybe, maybe 70% of your time doing non-basketball related things. You know, you make sure they're in class, you go to study hall, you, you check up with their professors, you, you know, you make sure you're doing all this other stuff, you know, recruiting even, and then... Actual practice, actual games is a very small part of it. In the professional level, they pay you millions of dollars just to do basketball. You okay. don't have to worry about recruiting. That's the GM's job. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. at the professional level, I don't think they're doing a good job. Like if they're managing like the free time of their uh, athletes, I don't think they're doing a very good job. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look at look at the college coaches that have jumped to the NBA. Cal Perry didn't do a very good job. Mm-hmm. Fired in his first year, right? Uh, Rick Pitino. You know, mm-hmm. all those, a lot of guys that go, and that's why, that's why I think Coach K has never gone to the NBA is because he knows that he, he might fall to some of those similar. He doesn't think it'll falls. translate as well. 
Yeah, because you know if you're a good college coach, it doesn't necessarily make you a good NBA coach. I mean, Billy Donovan's got, done a good job so far. For Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder now. Mm-hmm. But you know, we'll we'll see how it keeps going if he maintains his sanity dealing with Westbrook. You know, this how it goes. I feel like having Russell Westbrook is a great like entry into like my first year in coaching. Like, I guess he had both KD and Westbrook, but that's like definitely helped. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I guess you could mess it up, but I feel like the chances are low. Um, well, cool. <laughs> so that's a little bit about Sean, and uh, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. And uh, yeah, in our uh, garage. Yeah, how do you? How do you? How does it feel for you? Is it uh, nice and comfortable? It's nice homey. And... <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's a stack of trash in the, in the corner, and it just reminds me of my garage. That was actually a. Um, that wasn't just there. We actually organized it in a in like a form of an art piece just for you. It looks very nice. Yeah, to make it seem like more like a garage because this is obviously a million dollar operation here. Yeah, it's very tasteful. Yeah, very 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 taste. Thank you. See, Samantha didn't appreciate the work that I put into this little podcasting um, booth office uh, set set up. Yeah, but DIY uh, DIY. It was do it yourself, and uh, I want to tell Sean that it took. Uh, an hour and a half to do this, so it did take up uh, a significant portion of a day, uh, a day in a life that I live. So it, uh, I mean, this, what more can you ask, really? Uh, so anyways, let's get back to the topic at hand. We are talking uh, Game of Thrones, and before we get started, um, I just wanted to throw out that there's a, I'm, I'm putting a spoiler warning on here because we're going to be discussing stuff going into season seven. Um, so if you haven't seen the show, um, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we're going to talk about it anyway. But I highly suggest that uh, you do watch it because it's a great show, one. And two, you can understand a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about. And the first thing we're going to be talking about is your craziest theory. So uh, I'll throw it to our guest. Sean, tell us about what you know. what's the craziest thing you can think of that's going to happen in Season 7. Well, two years back, I put a friendly Las Vegas wager on Ramsey Bolton to win the Iron Throne. And unfortunately, he died at the end of last season. But as we all know, everyone comes back to life all the time in this show. So, Ramsey's going to come back with a vengeance, just like Jon Snow. And he's going to get everybody. And the White Walkers, and Cersei, and Jon, and Daenerys. And they're just they, they're, they're not going to be any match for Ramsey and his his dogs. So, so I want the, my money. And that's what I'm putting it on. Well, so my question is... Um, I'm not trying to poke holes in your theory, but like, uh, so it's extremely foolproof, by the way. I don't know how you're gonna <laughs> manage to do that. No, a lot of details. Hey, man, be nice to our guest. <laughs> it's our guest, man. Our first guest. <laughs> Might be our last guest. Yeah, the last time I come back. No, Sean's. There's beer here. Sean will always come back. Um, but uh, well, my my thing is like, no, I like the theory. Um, it's just that the thing with the Knights King is when he raises people, when he raises them, they seem to come back with without their personality, like. Do you see what I'm saying? So if he raised uh, Ramsey back from the dead, it would just be his vessel, his body. Right. But that's not that's not what I meant. You know, I mean the the Red Witch and then the the Brotherhood Without Banners guy. Oh, they, they resurrected. They brought someone back. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, maybe Meli or Melisandre thinks that Ramsey is the one who was promised, and mm. just totally ditches John for another man and raises him. Well, and pieces. I can't see why not. I mean, what's what's not to love about Ramsey Bolton? Um, what do you? He's think... resourceful. He's clever. You that's know, he's true. Just, yeah, he's an all-American kind of candidate, and he's the one we should all be pulling for. That's um, that's not a bad point. He is very intelligent in that respect. That he's vicious, but even in that uh, that episode where uh, what, what's it called the Battle of the uh, Bastards, yeah, the Battle of the Bastards, they uh, 
Yeah, they he he had the upper hand up until you know the Knights of the Veil vale showed up. So in a way, Sean's right. Like as a candidate for a leader, he's he's better than Joffrey in the sense that like he's not just malicious. He he's malicious, but he also it has a reason behind it, you know. And he takes joy in the little things, you know. He had to kill John's brother, or he had to kill Rickon, right? But he he took some, he had some fun with it. And you know, we all we all need to have fun in these dark times. And, <laughs> you know, he's just, you know, he's a he's a real light in the dark that we can we can look forward to this. And it was strategic, you know. John was all like, "We're gonna wait for them to come to us," and he made John with inferior forces come to him, and you know, it exactly. totally went in his favor. Military genius, if you ask me. My other question is, so let's say Melisandre resurrects him. Uh, you know, when the Lord of Light resurrects somebody, they lose a part of themselves. What do you think Ramsay would lose? The bad parts. The bad parts? So he would come back with all the intellect, but without the... Propensity for shredding babies. <laughs> but, it, but isn't that what you said you would yeah, that's part of the, what you like. It is, but you know, we all, we all need a... You're just looking everyone to get needs, your money. Everyone needs to grow up. And yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, the odds on my money have quadrupled by now. So If he comes back. <laughs> yeah. Who, who's going to guess that? Yeah. That's true. If, if there's an over-under or if they're like bet. long shot odds, that's true. That's bet, a good bet. Bet $5 and win $20,000. i will take those odds. Man. At this and, point, that's basically... In that case, this is my favorite theory of those are the odds. It's copyrighted. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see those on any other podcast. <laughs> All right, Samantha, you got a crazy theory, man? I don't have a theory, but my question is just like, in terms of this season, what are we looking at? Is it going to be uh, more White Walker-based or more Iron Throne sort of things? Because every season they have that episode with the big war, and I'm really curious to see if this one's going to be the one with the White Walkers or if it's going to be focused towards the throne. I think it's going to be two separate stories at this point, Ice and Fire, literally it's, the Iron Throne and the Night King. It's probably going to be both. The yeah. way they've condensed the series and the way, it, like, I mean, what you've seen from the trailers or stuff in the North and the South. You think, so, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. It's probably, it's probably going to be John in the North, you know, him versus the world, and then Daenerys and, and the, and the, the, the flower Sally people. And, what oh, they, yeah, yeah, the uh, Tyrells. The Tyrells, yeah. what's left of them. Are you Grandma Tyrell, <laughs> second favorite character. Lady Olena, yeah. You like yeah. her one-liners? Oh, she's great. Um, are you excited to see Euron Greyjoy? We didn't get to see him a lot in season six, but I think he's going to be a big factor in uh, the war to come. Yeah, he's got potential. He's probably going to kill Theon. It's my. You think he's actually going to kill Theon? Oh, yeah, you gonna, think he's going to die this season? He's going he's gonna to kill him like no one's been killed. He's, <laughs> he's going to get him. Um, I think that, he's, yeah. Theon's, Theon's been weaseling his way out of death for too long, and I think it's about time. I think you could say that for a lot of people. Tyrion the same way. Um, who else? John. <laughs> John. Yeah, John especially. Oh, literally. Yeah. Um, we're gonna see the Hound uh, this season with uh, Beric Dondarrion. That will be fun. I enjoy the Hound. Yeah, the Hound is really cool. Uh, I was actually really excited because in the books, um, there's a lot of hints to you know. Um, I think who was it? Um, Brienne the Beauty. Brienne of Tarth actually visited a uh, place with a Septon, kind of similar to season uh, season six, our former Septon, and he talks about how um, it's, you know uh, the way he words things is very vague. So it kind of hints that the Hound may still be alive, but we don't know yet in the books. But on the show, when they showed him off, it was like, oh, cool, this is awesome, because we really miss that that influence of just uh, the Hound, the Houndness. He's like. Uh, I, and, you know, I wanted to see more chicken fights. <laughs> he, he's for sure going to find a way to kill his brother. 
or be killed by his brother. There's 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 gonna be a confrontation between them at some point. So you uh, believe in Clegane Bowl? You think oh, it's yeah. gonna happen? I'm very I'm very excited for Clegane Bowl, and my money's on uh, on the Hound. Yeah, you yeah. think you'll beat uh, uh, what's his name, Franken Mountain? Yes, I think he has, <laughs> he has a solid chance. You know what's funny is uh, I've always equated or uh, drawn a parallel between uh, the mountain and the hound. Maybe not in how they grew up, but just in physical stature. Sean and his brother Alex, because they're really, really tall. And so it begs the question, if you were fighting, who, who, one, who's the mountain and who's the hound in that relationship? And two, who would win in a fight? I am not sure. I don't know. Alex, Alex is, is probably a little bigger at this point, so he might be the mountain. And I'm the smarter one, so I'm probably the hound. Mm. And, but I mean, it's anyone's guess, you know, just depends on, on what we're fighting to the death for. I just don't understand why you didn't draw this parallel between me and you. Like, look at us. Yeah, the hound yeah. and uh, the mountain. You're five seven and a half. I'm five six. We're, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, uncanny uh, <laughs> how similar we are to those two characters. We're you more... both you both grow better beards than me or Alex. So that's true. That. That's true. We if Game Ball came down to who could grow the best beard, well, who would win that? Alex. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. He. And that's true. Alex has a beautiful beard. Uh, did he... I wouldn't say beautiful, but it fills out nicely. <laughs> yeah. Would it win any competition? Has he started? Uh, I know a lot of people when they start growing out facial hair really long, they get like beard oil and they start taking care of it. Has he gone to that point yet? I got him beer- beard oil as a joke for one Christmas. I think he uses it. Oh, he uses it regularly. Yeah. That stuff I've heard is good. So it's like I think once you start trying it, it's uh, it smells fantastic. It smells fantastic. It tastes great. The ladies love it. If any beard oil company would love to sponsor this podcast, we'd love to have you. Welcome to have you. <laughs> and Sean would love to, you know, have your sponsor on his jersey wherever uh, or team wherever he goes. I'll wear it on my, my coaching. He'll have it tattooed on the shirt. side of his face. <laughs> would you get the... I've heard so... This is kind of a tangent for what we're talking about, but um, we do that from time to time in this podcast. What would you? How much money would you have to be paid in order to get a face tattoo of a brand? So let's say it's like Colgate. Do I have to or keep something. it on after I get the money? Uh, you, I uh, I don't know actually. Let's say yes. How much would that be? Ten million. Ten million. Ten million. Man, how big is the tattoo? Um, let's is, say, it, is it just like a little copyright logo on the, by my eye, or is it just like I would a say it's on one cheek. Or it's on your, it's on your cheek. Okay. Well, yeah, ten million sounds. Ten fair. million. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of value I'd in that. I'd invest it wisely, right. so you'd have to put your face everywhere for ten million. How would you go about doing that? Taking a picture of it and sending it to people. Is that worth ten million? I think, I think the yeah. company would advertise it enough once it was on his face. Yeah, that they I'd would get spread the word for him, and then that's that's true. You get royalties from. He'd that, be right? the first man to have put a brand on his. Well, I don't know. Is there something? Yeah, yeah. There's a, so the reason why I bring it up is I, I saw it's kind of an old story, but somebody got paid twenty five or between twenty five and fifty thousand dollars to have, and it's an even bigger tattoo on the face across their forehead. I forgot what the brand was, but it, wow. they got paid by the company fifty thousand dollars. Now, obey. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Uh, I think that's true capitalism right there, um, and. I, 50,000 I think is too little, but I think 10 million is too much. <laughs> like, even in that boardroom, I'd feel bad taking that money, but hey, um, if that's if what they, they paid me, I'd take it. Yeah, but, I'd take hey, it. Hey, it's not, I'm not losing anything. I'm not losing any sleep over that, but if they're like, hey, we'll give you 10 million to put this on your face, I'll be like, all right. 
That, uh, yeah, if, if it was impermanent, so you'd have to keep it through, like, let's say, a, um, a fashion quarter, like three months. Could say. could I spend my money to drive them out of business so I could take it off my face? <laughs> so you'd campaign against them with yes. the money they paid you? <laughs> that's pretty smart. Um, Is it, though? What would be the point of getting a tattoo then? If that's true. You'd be out of money and the business would be I out think, of money. I think my net, and then gain, have, like, my net gain would I'd come out on top, right? I think you'd have a lot of bragging. I think you'd be hired by companies from then on to like put their competitors out of business. So in a way, you've started your own business. Um, so <laughs> back to what we were talking about. Uh, the craziest Game of Thrones theory that um, I actually think there's some merit to it is Rhaegar Targaryen was Mance Raider. Uh, because in the books, Mance Raider's still alive. But I guess in terms of show theory... Um, Show theory would be uh, that Bran's gonna warg into a dragon, so he's gonna mm. take one of Danny's dragons. That would be cool. That would be really that cool, is right? Very cool theory. Uh, and, he, and what would he do? He just take it north. Yeah, to battle the Walkers. That'd be so cool. Yeah, that would be a cool sequence, right? I think that's gonna be that's literally ice and fire, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it's building towards. Honestly, is dragons and White Walkers, but how we get there is the question. Um, definitely, um, winter's coming to King's Landing because we've seen tons of that, um, that sequence where it's like, yeah, I, I believe the, uh, what's it called? The Red Keep? Yes. Um, where the Iron Throne is, it's, it's totally like dilapidated or destroyed, right? So obviously Danny's come in and attacked King's Landing. Wait, wasn't it destroyed in the explosion? No, that was the Sept of Baelish. That was like the Sept. That's a that's like what you would consider a cathedral. Right. The Red Keep is like the palace. Buckingham Palace. Yeah. yeah, if you could think. And so, like, yeah, the fact that it's got holes in it and literally snows falling on the throne. I think Danny's attacked it, and then consequently, winter has come. And uh, yeah, I definitely think I would love to see. Although in in the trailers that I saw for season seven, uh, it looks more likely that Bran's gonna warg into like a bunch of ravens, which I think makes more sense because he's literally the new three-eyed raven. Right. But a dragon would be really cool. I know he's gonna lose one, or Danny's gonna lose at least one because uh, she has to. Because uh, it's not gonna be Drogon. I, I yeah, I think that would be the last one. But I, th I think Viserys and Rhaegal, the ones that we really don't care about. As much, as much. Not that we're condoning violence against dragons, um, but I think one of them's gonna die. Because, like in the history of Westeros, they've seen dra they've killed dragons before, so it's not like they're afraid of them. I mean, they're afraid of them, but they know how to kill them. Well, they ran them into extinction. Yeah. 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 Long, well, most of them died during the Dance of Dragons. Yes. And the, but that was dragon on dragon warfare. But that which show it's not reported nearly enough. Dragon on uh, dragon violence. <laughs> um, but uh yeah you're right and like you said like um that's what showed like the dance of dragons really showed uh which is kind of outside the show scope but it kind of showed the westerosi people that oh you can kill dragons like dragons die because uh, when what's his name Aegon first came onto westeros he uh he blew through it yeah they had never seen dragons before he literally set, ca set castles like tournament ovens and killed all sorts of people and just walked right through them but uh that's my craziest theory and uh, I also looked up uh, some like epic facts for Game of Thrones as well. Um, one that I thought that was really funny, shout out to Mental Floss, was that Peter Dinklage thought uh, the show was canceled. <laughs> for so, how long? so like after the pile was picked up, uh, David Benioff, who was like one of the producers, he told Peter Dinklage and <laughs> told him it was it was canceled. <laughs> so for six hours, he was talking to his agent to like 
find like a new job <laughs> before he was like, no, 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 it's cool. You're, you're still employed. Um, would you ever do that to a student? Be like, you're off the team. I'm like, JK, we need you. We need you on the team desperately. That actually kind of happened this year. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, we had a, a student athlete, um, who kind of ghosted around December. He just stopped showing up. Stopped showing up. He, uh, he wasn't happy with his playing time, but he told us he failed. So, well, the guys told us he failed. He didn't tell us he failed. He kind of ghosted. And he showed up right around February. He's like, hey, I want to play again. We were like, all right. And so he played for one game, and he never came back to practice. So we called him up and just said, no, he can't come back anymore. <laughs> and the look on his face, like, I'll never understand it. He was so shocked. He, he couldn't believe that we were kicking him off the team. And it was kind of like, are you serious, dude? Yeah, that sounds more like it's his fault. Like, it's just like, if you stop showing up, yeah, you're not on the team anymore. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't any of our fault, but it was, I mean, maybe for for not communicating with him better, but it was kind of a, a weird, weird situation to get put in, you know? Yeah. As a coach. For sure. But it wasn't a joke, like in Dinklage's situation, you didn't end up telling him, oh, you're You didn't prank him? No, it wasn't. It was kind of like a sad joke. <laughs> you're like you're fired no seriously <laughs> yeah no it was, it was, we were like hey man we're like you haven't been to practice in two weeks and we know your car didn't break down those three times so, <laughs> so you, like you really can't play anymore that's a and great he was excuse like, yeah, he was like ah no really like what's up I'm like no dude you can't come back <laughs> <laughs> well um, that's a little like Game of Thrones right Unexpected in a way, he's kind of like Ned walking into the throne room. Well, I mean, the way our players kept leaving, you would think they were dying. They were just being killed <laughs> off. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I, I think uh, there are a lot of parallels in sports and Game of Thrones. I think it's just as vicious, you know. You win or you die. Yeah, you win. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're either on top or you're fired. Yeah. No. I mean, there are very few. Like, I think Sean mentioned, like, the few consistently, like, employed coaches in college basketball. <laughs> Everywhere else, it's in flux, right? The few. Like there was a, there was a coach, the UC Santa Barbara coach, and he'd been there for 18 years, and he had a subpar season this year, but he's still been there for 20 years, you know, mm. out the door. Wow. Not, not even a phone call. They reported it to ABC News. That's and, awful. Yeah, eight, like not even a phone call. Man. And brought in some, some random that's never been a head coach before, so it's. Yeah, that's, it's just cut Wow. Through. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, man. Exactly. Thanks for your 20 years. Toodles. What would you do at that point? Because after 20 years, that's all I do. Retire. Yeah, I would just... Do they give you a package or is it just you're out? Oh, I man, mean, you're just out the door? Out. You don't get anything. Wow. So, I don't really understand then why like uh, people give players such a hard time about being disloyal. It's just like, dude, no, everybody's looking out for themselves. You know, it's just like... That's that's the that's the trick is you have to look out for yourself to some extent, but you also have to play to the best of the team, mm. right? In college, it's more about the team than the player. You know, even at Kentucky, they're all one and dones. You know, you, it's still more about the team and the way that Cal Perry gets them to buy into that. Do you like that? Do you like a one and done system or no? I mean, I don't necessarily like it for ninety nine percent of the athletes because they need degrees. They need to know? go to college, yeah. Exactly, but the one percent that can do it, go for it, man. If you're gonna make millions of dollars, go for it. Yeah, and what we're talking about uh, when we mean one and done is uh, most uh, players in like Calipari or what what he markets to them is if you're really good, you only spend your freshman year in college and then you declare for the draft, right? Exactly. And yeah. uh, and uh, 
why I think a lot of people in the NBA or even I think in the NCAA, they don't like it. One, I think the NCAA, if you have good players, you make more money. And two, it's like uh, they don't develop them. And three, a lot of people don't make the NBA, so you want them to... You know, get have a backup because if because yeah, you know, they're going they're going straight back home most of the time, and you want them to get a degree and you want them to graduate and go get a real job. You know, there's a lot of guys like oh I'm gonna go overseas and they go overseas for a year or two if they make it and then and then what? You know, mm-hmm. it's like what are you gonna do after that? It's like, so yeah, then, do you have uh, do we have that option? Did I have that option? Yeah, you know where we uh, you know we're one and done. We could make millions of dollars. Uh, let's see. I played soccer in kindergarten. <laughs> got kicked in the stomach, cried, never stepped on the field until just recently, and it's a recreational. Got kicked in the stomach? Yeah, like one time. Really? Oh, monster. I feel like I went to every single one of your soccer games. Oh know. yeah, you were you were the golden brother. Yeah. You were you were no <laughs> soccer slouch either, Shane. Let's let's not not forget that. I I distinctly remember. Uh, me and Sean actually used to play um, a lot of like. It's not. Is it called rec? So- it's not called rec soccer. It's just PSA. Like, yeah, PSA yeah. soccer, which is basically you know like uh, not a part of like a school. It's not serious. Yeah. So we it was just like a way to kill a summer and before Sean got good at sports and then left. Or, you know, obviously there's a... No, to be honest, there's a great uh, difference in, like, athletic ability between Sean and me. There's there's no... There's, that's not even, like... A, that's a fact. Yeah, well, and so, a foot and a half will give you that. And so, um, uh, I remember one game. It was me and Sean's... Uh, I think it was one of the last years we played on the same soccer team. And uh, <laughs> I ran off the field because I thought the soccer ball was way, way... So, uh, the way the field was set up was... It's a giant park, and uh, the, the soccer field's in the middle of the park, and, uh, and about like a quarter mile away is where the cars are. And for whatever reason, I thought the soccer ball had traveled all the way to the parking lot, and I started running all the way there, and I made about an eighth of a mile that way, and then I realized everyone was yelling my name, and I turn around and see that everyone else was playing soccer. And I, can, I distinctly remember my father's face, just, just the look of pure di- like it wasn't disappointment he shame. just yeah he just no it wasn't even shame he just realized he's like this isn't for you son <laughs> like sports is not for you and it's okay it's okay i i'm not gonna have that <laughs> star athlete son <laughs> all state you know uh what's it called uh yeah uil whatever yeah uh, region you know you and then i took up debate in high school and it all worked itself out you know he was a mathlete <laughs> that's the, yes i was a mathlete exactly that was more of a my uh field of expertise but uh sean's pretty good man uh, i honestly think it, it came down to like his knees <laughs> yeah that's what i keep telling myself i mean who knows but yeah, hey man china's throwing money at everybody i would <laughs> i would take a look i had i had someone from the second league in indonesia and someone from the third league in germany and they were like hey if you fly out and try out for us we'll give you a contract and i was like i don't want to fly all the way to indonesia yeah, just try out without yeah. guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and it's in like the the not nice part of Indonesia. Mm. You know, the, the area where they just like burn the forests all the time. And mm. There's not any fun stuff around. Well, so. would you say that like now internationally, there's more money than there was before in athletics, like sports in general? Yeah, de- yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, they they just they're more careful with their investments. That's more of a viable yeah. option. You know, here you have. You have dudes throwing money at anyone over six foot, you know? They're like, man, you can be a ball. Like, come, <laughs> come, play, come play for me, you know? Come play for me this summer. And and that's not that's not the case in overseas, you know? They're True. like, they, they, they'll try you out and they'll be like, all right, you're good or you're not. 
Mm. And if you're not, get out. What would you do? You'd have to fly back home, basically? Like, if you didn't make it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd probably tool around Europe and make a vacation. Yeah, I think Germany would have been cool. Germany would have been cool. And you took German, right? A little bit. Yeah, I'm not... I don't, I don't speak it very fluently. I mean, you know. Yeah, you took it the same <laughs> I learned, way. I learned, all the, I learned all the fun words, but other than that... Yeah. Schnitzel and... Uh, is beer beer in Germany? Or? Krankenschwester. Wow, I'm just going to call it beer. No, no, no. That, that's a different word. Beer is beer. Oh, it's just beer. It's like B-I-E-R, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah it's, all right. It's the exact same. <laughs> yes, I am a learned man. But uh, German German's fun because they take, they take a bunch of words and smash them all together. So if you're saying, you know... It's like a, like a compound word. It's just... I see. It's like a bunch of words just pushed together rather than having a word with that meaning. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool. It's also kind of... It's, it's how I imagine if I was making a language. Uh, last minute, that's how I would probably, you know, make it. Well, you don't have to memorize any words. You just... Any new words, at least. You just take the ones you already know and smash them all together, and there's like a 50-50 chance that's a word. Maybe we should have taken German. That's a neat... That seems like a passable class, then. Yeah. Did you know past Spanish? No, it was. No, no, I, I, I did fine, but I'm just saying, like, ger- like German, I feel like you wouldn't have to study. If, if that's the case, like, you're just putting the, words The together. sentences are kind of, they're formed backwards, kind of. Like, their grammar's tricky. Okay. But the rest, you know, you have the masculine verbs, the neutral verbs, and the feminine verbs. But everything else is it's not bad. It's just all about practice? Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, I... I took one year of German in college and I failed it so bad and I, I waited until my senior year to take it again. <laughs> and then it was really easy, you know? So, Sean went to school in California, which is an amazing experience and a, um, it, it has its good and its bad, but mostly good because um, California is a real cool place. Yeah, and it was bad because Sushane didn't get to hang out with me for four years. That's true. Yeah, I was, uh, I was uh, still in Texas. <laughs> Being devastated. <laughs> Sean's driven a lot, man. Sean, uh, Sean's a road tripper for sure. Um, like I even like the the amount of miles he's put in, I probably would have just flown. Oh, especially in that struggle bus too. I yeah. I'm surprised. Did it ever break down on you? No. It was I, great. I had to fix it last week for some stuff I should have fixed it for a while ago. But. Actually, what year was that vehicle made? Ninety six. Ninety six. I mean, the fact that it's still going puts uh, just. Tells you about American, uh, you know, stuff. Well, I mean, it was just a little old lady that drove it once a week to get groceries, and I just took it off her hands. She gave a good deal. One of uh, one of his friends that he played basketball with had like like the premier place to live in San Francisco. Like the home was right off of the Presidio, which is near Golden Gate Park, and it was incredible. I was like, dude, we are, like I can see golden gate park from his house uh it was yeah right off right off the one highway yeah it was, a, it was a good setup man um i was so jealous it was very i was fortunate to play with a lot of a lot of guys like that you know cool they're you know, from fun cities so when i go go visit them there's stuff to do well was there like a favorite place in california that uh like because uh, he went to university of redlands but uh, he, I'm sure he preferred like LA to that. <laughs> LA was cool. The traffic wasn't. Yes. Yeah. I really liked San Diego. I enjoyed San Diego a lot, and then I liked um, kind of Marin County. Yeah. You know, NorCal, but but not San Francisco. Like San Francisco is fun, but traffic there kind of sucks. Traffic's uh, getting almost as bad as LA. Unaffordable. That too. So Med's uh, looking to go to uh, San Francisco. Kind of like the same trip to visit my cousins. Um, you excited about that? Uh, yeah, it's just gonna be really expensive. So that's all. I've been saving up for that all summer at this point. Like, 
So <laughs> I think my money is going to be going towards. So, so the place you got to go is the Castro. And it's, mm. a, it's a district in San Francisco, and it's the Castro, and you just got to go there. Yeah, you'd like it somehow. <laughs> it's it's a cool place. There's that, and then the meatpacking district. That that's actually just north of it, I think. The you're talking about the industrial. No, there's there's another. I can't remember the name of it, but that's another interesting place. Part of San Francisco. It's got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, like Sean says, it's really, really expensive. Uh, this setup would be way more expensive in San Francisco. <laughs> the fact that we found a garage with oh, this, this square footage. This, this garage would be 1200 a month in San Francisco. Yeah. With no AC. Yep. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I think it's okay over there because obviously it's a lot cooler. Uh, yeah, just open the windows and let the fog come in. Which is great for electronics. Um, so we totally got off topic here. So <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try and bring it back. Um, what are you most excited for uh, for season seven? And two, how would you like the series to end since we're second, we're into the second to last season? I mean, other than Ramsey being on the Iron Throne, which, which you know would be fun, but it's a little unrealistic. Um, I want, I want a, a semi happy ending where not everyone dies because I think that's very possible that they all die. Yeah. Um, for this next season, I just want to see some dragons fighting. Mm. I want to see some White Walkers. I want. They've been telling us about the dragons and the White Walkers for six seasons. And I want to see it. I want to see it go down. That would be... Uh, yeah, of, of all the things to put uh, their budget into, yeah. yeah, a dragon fight is... Yeah, exactly to. what we're looking forward to. We got a taste of it. It's uh, season six when uh, Danny unleashes the uh, the hounds, figuratively, um, on the on the ships of the... Uh, what are they? The Slave Masters? Yeah, and that was cool. Oh, yeah. That was cool. But now she's got to do it to Cersei. Yes, um, so you you prefer Ramsay over Cersei as uh, king oh, or queen of the Iron? Uh, definitely. Yeah. Ramsay doesn't have any kids holding him back. Neither does Cersei at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. R.I.P. Tommen. We yeah. all love you. He uh, that's the that's the thing that I'm most sad about is overall the Lannister family. I uh, I don't like, but Tommen was just he he was a good one. The good ones get hurt by the bad ones. Yeah. And. You know, his, even even if the bad one's your mom, you're still gonna get got. Mm-hmm. And he got got. He got got, as so. uh, Marshawn Lynch would say. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, caught that. <laughs> All right, Samantha, what are uh, you most looking forward to, and or uh, how would you like it to end? I would just like to see Cersei die. You just like to see Cersei. Die? She, she's been. It's just like she's been so close so many times to being killed or being outsmarted or being put on the bottom and all the way. And every time she finds her way back to the she top, she weasels her way it out. It just doesn't make sense. I, uh, you know, that whole like uh, what's called prophecy. Um, I think you're gonna get your wish in season seven or eight. It's I think it's gonna happen for sure. There's a lot of hints, but who would you think is gonna kill her? Uh, Tyrell, Tyrell Granny. You think Lady yeah. Elena? Interesting. She will. Well, that's her biggest enemy right now. Who else is? Well, well, aside Daenerys, from going, I think aside everybody. From, yeah. yeah, aside from everyone going for the Iron Throne, it's, it's going to be Jamie. That's my guess. Yeah, because so like the theory, if you're unfamiliar, everybody is uh, the Voluncar, which translates uh, in old Valyrian roughly um, to little brother. Basically, the prophecy was, uh, you know, the Voluncar will wrap his hands around you and strangle you. So I guess I mean it, it could be Lady Olena. Um, and little brother could all it, it it roughly also translates to like little sibling, but why I think it may not be Lady Olena is one I don't think she has the strength to strangle people like like <laughs> she's never like if she's 
threatened to kill somebody. I think it's like through extension her soldiers. I don't think she's physically able to strangle somebody without like pooping herself. Well, <laughs> I meant in terms of masterminding the plan that would. Oh, to kill her? Plan. Yeah, I'm sure like she goes to bed like Arya going Cersei. Well, and you also Cersei. and you also forget that little brother is Tyrion too. Yeah, it could be Tyrion. So, I think it's Tyrion. Tyrion has a very. I think he has a better shot than Jamie. I just kind of want it to be Jamie because it's more poetic. Well, I forgot the exact translation of the prophecy, but it either says hand or hands. If it's hand, I put the money on Jamie. Right. Because, you know, yeah. <laughs> you can't really strangle with a, a gold-plated... Uh, you put the pressure on, and then you just kind of... The other arm gets the rest of it in. Giver's a good karate chop. I don't know how I know that. But. Yeah. <laughs> how to kill people, episode two. Millennials in their mind. How, how to get away with murmur. We already, I think episode one, we talked about how to, like in Breaking Bad, how to dissolve uh, people and how that's false, but there are other ways. But, uh, you know, and then episode two is more about how to strangle people. And then, right. so what we're actually doing is starting a podcast for murderers. We just and, can't call it that. Yeah, it's called Millennials. And so, uh, <laughs> next week will be Poison. Right. <laughs> and then the week after that, we'll, Arson. Be, we'll be skinning. Yeah, Arson. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to teach you the Bolton method. Well, um, is that just what you want to see in the end, or is there anything else that you want to see how it ends, Smith? I mean, that's really the only thing that, that really irritates me. Just like well, who would you want to, to sit yeah. on the Iron Throne if it still matters? Who uh, who would you want? Honestly, I don't like. I don't have a preference. I don't like any of the candidates. You don't really. like Jon Snow? I don't think he's gonna. He, he doesn't want the throne. Like he doesn't want any leadership position. Yeah, but he didn't really want King in the North either. I won't if people anointed him, he would take it. Do you still think he's going to hold the King of the North position, though? Yeah. For very long? Littlefinger's there. He's going to do something. He's a, spoiler alert, Rhaegar's son, so he's the rightful heir to the throne, you know? Which is meaningless, you know? I don't think you gave him enough time after spoiler alert to to (laughs) turn the channel. I did. I talked about uh, how, you know, if they haven't seen the show, I gave it a good 20, 30 seconds. (laughs) <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, that sequence is so straightforward. I don't know if you remember the episode. They literally showed the baby, and then they cut to Jon Snow. And they still thought that... Uh, and Ned had not seen his sister throughout the war, right? Which I think had gone over the course of well over a pregnancy, right? Yeah. And so people still thought that they're like, Oh my god, Ned had a baby with his sister. It's like, no. <laughs> that's Rhaegar's... Like, why would... A bunch of Kingsguard be protecting Ned's baby. They would just like they'd kill it. Yeah, they would get like that's like well, like why would they care? Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I never understood how people got that mixed up. But people who um, they were just thinking of Jamie and Cersei. That's yeah, you know what? I'm not going to insult them. I'm just going to say some people get stuff wrong. Well, it's uh, like the people that say that John and Sansa are going to end up together. And... Yeah, that's true. But I, I mean, they're you know, yeah, that's still weird. They're cousins, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's uh, Ned's sister. Yeah, it's still weird. Yeah, it's not cool. Well, they, there's also the theory that Danny's going to get with um, um, her nephew, Jon Snow. Oh, that would be weird. They just don't know it. But if you think about it, that would be a very strategic union. King of the North with the Mother of Dragons. Right. And, you know, like, who else is left? Stannis is dead, and she would never marry Stannis. <laughs> Um, Loris is dead, and Loris really, you know, he's not. He's uh, not. A, pretty he gay. doesn't swing that way. Yeah, he doesn't go. He doesn't go that way. Um, who's left? Littlefinger. A very, very. Uh, it's a great offer because, well, what does he have? He's got Harrenhal. Mm. Would you be? Well, it's not like she could take that away from him. 
You know, it's already kind of wrecked. That you know, if uh, you if you were given a uh, a ruined castle, would you take it? I'd I'd refurbish it and sell it for a. How would a cool you be able to? With what money? How'd they build it? They already built. No, I'm I don't saying, need money. I have peasants. I'm saying, Sean, like you now as a person. Yeah, you have peasants of whatever's left of. There are no peasants <laughs> left in the, like the property. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying like we're in Game of Thrones, but we're as we are now. So you're Sean James, but uh, you have Heron Hall. Yeah. But you know, like Aegon killed all those peasants. Like it's just a ruined piece of property. But not, no. I mean, so are, are we after the dragons or like, like at the current point in the show? After the because uh, that's important because I'm pretty sure the people who lived in there when Aegon came died. In the fire that destroyed right. the castle. I guess right. they still had some peasants. Okay, let's say it's right after, but not current Game of Thrones timeline. Uh, how would we go about refurbishing it? Because it's like Westeros' largest castle by far, and it's like ruined. I, f- I, I, I stick by my original theory. Yeah. Get some peasants and dig up some rocks and build it. Like, make it better. Dude, they're going to they're gonna like... take some time. You know, it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be an overnight job, but you get enough peasants, you get enough rocks, and you'll get anything done. You know? I guarantee you they would kill you in your sleep. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, don't, I probably don't have a door. <laughs> That'd be the first thing they had to fix. <laughs> yeah, you're like, step one, I need a door. Yeah, I need a barrier from you people. <laughs> Y'all smell funny. <laughs> smell like pores. I kind of liked, uh, so a lot of people dislike the High Sparrow, um, and, and the thing is it's weird because people are rooting for Cersei even though she's a terrible person, but, so like people dislike the High Sparrow even though, yeah, he's kind of pious, he's kind of uppity, but he also, you know, I, I think he was a good guy, wasn't he? Like he, 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 he was for the he, common people. I think it was for himself too, because he got a taste of power, 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 and you saw that, you saw it when... When they stormed up the steps to get Marjorie, and and Tommen came out, and you saw a smirk he gave Jamie, mm. like like come on, that was that wasn't just the common man scoring one. That was that was a personal. Yeah, I think uh, power corrupts absolutely, right? So yeah, I think Sean's right. Um, you got anything else to add, Smithy? No, not really. I was gonna let's go through some facts here. If there's anything interesting, we can uh, close some stuff out. Uh, so I guess uh, Sophie Turner, she adopted her uh, her direwolf from the show. That's awesome, lady. Oh, uh, you you uh, well, it's not a direwolf, but it's like half wolf. One of your friends has one, right? Yeah, yeah. So I know someone that has two. Uh, they're half wolf dogs, so they're they're like huskies, but way bigger, and it's kind of neat. They're huge. I love big dogs. Nicest dogs. Yeah, they're really sweet. Really nice. That's what I keep telling uh, mom, and she she just loves little dogs. But uh, we've had a how would I put this? We have a very ambivalent relationship with our with our puppy. He doesn't like us. He doesn't like us except when it's feeding time. Doesn't like me. Sean, like <laughs> you don't live here. Like, yeah, you don't have to. We see him every day. He God. still doesn't trust us. There's no faith. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do to him as a child? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. We, we got we, him neutered, like we every were, every normal. Yeah, dog we were so. I'd still be mad about that. <laughs> That's true. You know what? Yeah, I take it back. He's kind of like Theon. Theon would be a little apprehensive. I mean, we weren't the ones that did it. We just paid for it. Or Varys. Know? Or Varys. He's like Varys. He's yeah. trapped in a well. What do you think his deal is? Do you think Varys is going to... What is his endgame? I know he talks about the realm, but like Sean says, everybody's kind of in it for themselves. So what do you I think? think? I think he's one of the people that's in it 
for the realm. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously it might corrupt him at some point, but he's done a good job so far. And I think getting getting a Tyrion out was a good step for him, and working with yeah Daenerys was a good you know good show of faith. So I think I think he's doing the good thing. So it looks like. Uh... Not to just throw a tangent in there, but it looks like, speaking of Ramsey Snow, he almost played Jon Snow, the actor. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ewan Rian. Yeah. He almost played uh, Jon Snow. Which, uh, do you think that would change it if Kit Harington played uh, Ramsey Bolton? You think it would be it would change your perspective? Like, Definitely. in what way? Yeah, I mean, Kit Harington's way too brooding to be Ramsey. Ran- and, and uh, was it Ewan Rian has those crazy eyes. And those those definitely help the character. You know, when you look at him and he's kind of smirking, he's got those crazy eyes, and you know something terrible is about to happen. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I just couldn't see Kit Harrington doing that. It looks like they have an official uh, rap album. How do how do you feel about that, Smith? You gonna you gonna illegally download it like the shows? Yeah, just like we used to do with LimeWire back in the day. No, uh, we uh, we never did that. We're not admitting <laughs> to doing any type of illegal activity. Hypothetically, we, we haven't. Hypothetically, that's how we'd go about it back in the day. We have an HBO subscription. <laughs> so uh, shout out to HBO if they'd like to sponsor the show. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, let, let me go through the last few here, see if there's anything cool. And are these just all facts about the characters or the actors themselves? A little bit of both. Um, oh, it looks like I skipped past some stuff. Seven tips for how to read faster. You guys interested? No, not really. <laughs> and uh, you wonder why we get off topic. And uh, so, well, I'm trying to think how we can... We can close it out with Game of Thrones. So we kind of talked about... How we'd like that? How would I like it to end? To be honest, I'd like it to. How I want the ending to, you know, flesh out is less about like the actual ending itself and more about how it's written or you know remembered. I think the most important thing that uh, Game of Thrones kind of highlights is there are a lot of good people and bad people um, that are either misrepresented or lied about. Like bad people are shown in a good light and good people are just not remembered. So I would like Samuel Tarly to survive. And become a maester and actually write in the Citadel a history of, you know, the story of ice and fire. And I think that would be a great ending for it. That would be really cool. Yeah, I think uh, of all the things to happen, I think that would be the cool way to, uh, to tie up the show. Like, who is keeping track of the history? Because a lot of people disappear. How will we know what happened? Because it's so important to know the truth. Like, the truth has so much value in Game of Thrones. And I think that, you know... Sam would be the great one. The best interesting because he's writing it from the Stark perspective. Well, so, he can get. Well, how if, if someone from the Lannister perspective would write it? You know, that would be that would be interesting to see how. Because like, if you're thinking of the whole series is written by Samuel Tarly, right? It kind of looks like George R. R. Martin would have forty years ago. Maybe yeah. so, yeah. Um, oh yeah, you mean like physically? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> is he Samuel Tarly? He yeah. actually says that he relates to him most. I, Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so if, what if Samuel Tarley had grown up with the Lannisters, and he's a pro Lannister perspective, and he hears everything that's happened to them, mm. right? Because they're going through their own little time where all their loved ones are dying. So how would it be written from that perspective? Yeah, it'd be a little bit more. Uh, I, th- I think it would be less harsh for sure. Yeah. But I think Samuel, Samuel, you know, like he grew up in an equally harsh household. Like his father's like, you need to abdicate, or that's I'll a, kill you. Who? That's crazy. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's something else. So I think Samuel would still be as objective as he could be. You know, I think that's why he's the best narrator for it. And I think what's also interesting now that now that you mention it, who's going to write Jamie's story? I would like Brienne to survive. 
Because, you know, I think she would fill the rest of his story as a Kingsguardsman. Oh, there's no way she survives. No? The way she just blindly charges into battle, with no regard, like she's, she's going to die. <laughs> you could say that Her for kind of It would be kind of cool if the Hound comes back and, and, and just lops her head off. You want you want the hound to kill Brienne? Revenge! No, she she basically killed him. She pushed him off the damn mountain. He's I think he's too old for that stuff. I think he's just gonna forgive her. At this point, he's just like eh, I kind of want it. Brienne Brienne's gotten on my nerves a couple times. You want uh, you want uh, part two? That'd be cool. I do want part two. I want him to. I just hound revenge tour. Let's go get Brienne. <laughs> final boss is his brother. It's gonna be a full like Manny Pacquiao Mayweather part two. They're planning that, by the way. Please don't. If you're listening, guys, like seriously, let Pacquiao retire. If they're listening. Let, let Pacquiao retire. Mayweather, just, if you're going to retire, stay retired. You, you've got all your money, dude. Let McGregor win one like, for, for the white folks. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I saw his, I saw Pacquiao's last fight, and uh, yeah, it's, it's time. Yeah. It's time. All right. Uh, well, how would you like to close out, Smith? You want anything to add as far as Game of Thrones? Did you bring the guitar? I did not bring the guitar, so uh, I've lied to you for the second week, but uh, I can guarantee you that uh, it would not have gone well. So, you know, but next week for sure, I'm bringing that guitar, and we're learning Chinese. Oh, right. That's how we can close out. Uh, no, we lied about that too. Game of Thrones in Chinese. Game of Thrones in Chinese. Uh, should we just throw that in at the end of every segment, just like... A new phrase in Chinese. Uh, Just the title in Chinese. I remember part of last week, something Kwaila. I think that was Independence Day. Or 4th of July, something like that. Yeah, you got it. But, uh, yeah, as far as Game of Thrones, uh, we're excited for Season 7. Uh, we think some, uh, a lot of cool stuff is going to come out. I really wish Winds of Winter would come out before Season 7, but it's probably not going to happen. So, uh, I'm Definitely. looking forward to season uh, the next season, which is... Next week, I think. Yep. It starts next Sunday. And next we will Sunday. watch the episode before we record the next episode. Yeah, which is why we kind of wanted to get our perspective. And uh, we want to thank Sean for being on our podcast and sitting through our... In our really, really hot garage, because it is unbearable today. I'm never coming back. <laughs> he's he's coming back next week. No, he's, he's going to be out of town, I think. But uh, we're really happy to have him. Don't and... tell him where I'm going. No, I'm not telling you where. It, All these you fans know. are gonna show up at my flight, and it's gonna be really. The two annoying. that are still listening, our <laughs> two heartfelt subscribers. I'm trying to fly under the radar, guys. So let's let's keep it low key, all right? Yeah, he's a uh, you know he's a high flyer, so we're not gonna say where. But uh, you know, thanks for coming on, Sean, and uh, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, some of you got anything else to say? Uh, we hope y'all have a great night. Yeah, and uh, Sean, you wanna. Valar Mugulis. Valar Mugulis and... Uh, that was great. Yeah. Valar... There's, Do- there's some Chinese for you. Yeah. <laughs> and Valar Doharis, I think, is the return. Yeah. Uh, we are millennials in our mom's garage. And, uh, I'm Sean. Sean. In our mom's garage. our mom's garage. To which uh, he's known his entire life. I'm Tushay. Uh, Samin. Signing off. Uh, thanks for listening.